It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest And a very good Monday morning to you. And I think it's a Monday morning where some people, particularly business owners, didn't sleep too well last night. And a lot of people very, very worried now about the idea and the notion that the entire country were now on the brink of the toughest COVID-19 controls. And this was after Neffert yesterday evening recommended level five restrictions for the entire country. And they're saying that they should be in place for the next four weeks. And if we did level five restrictions for the next four weeks, it would bring us up to right up to and including the October bank holiday, a weekend level five. You'd be asked to stay at home. You wouldn't be able, you'd only be able to exercise within five kilometres of your house. You wouldn't be allowed any visitors uh, to your house. All but essential shops uh, would have to close. Now, schools and creches, they would remain open, but I can already see students, teacher unions beginning to balk about the the notion that most people will be working from home except for uh, teachers. There would be a little bit of a difference with this, if you want to call it a lockdown, even though they say level five as opposed to a lockdown. But it is very similar to the lockdown we experienced in March, April and May. The difference, though, for the over 70s, the word cocooning has completely disappeared. Uh, Over 70s would be expected to manage their own movements, but they would not be instructed to stay in uh, doors. According to one source in the paper, today. The recommendations by Neffet seeking what would be the maximum level of restrictions has totally surprised the government last night given its societal and economic indications. The Level 5 restriction advice comes in a letter from Neffet and that was after a weekend that saw almost a thousand new infections. I mean, Saturday was really shocking. Over 600 new cases. Then there was over 300 new cases yesterday and somewhere between the announcement of the figures on Saturday and I'm assuming Neffet got an indication of what the figures were going to be like on Sunday. The Chief Medical Officer, Dr Tony Houlihan who was due to be back at his desk today 
decided instead that he would call a meeting yesterday and it is unusual I'm led to believe for an effort to meet on, on a Sunday but he called all the team in he said we need to talk about this and it was a meeting by all accounts that went on for a few hours which is a sign that the situation is being viewed by the medical experts as a very serious one. The continuing rise in infections effectively now is pitting the government against Neffet in a possible crisis for the Cabinet in its consideration in the public health advice. And I personally think that's one of the reasons that Neffet decided issued their recommendation rather than just sending it straight to Cabinet and not leaking it to the press, not telling anybody else uh, about it. I think Neffet have deliberately done that, almost saying to the government now, the ball is in your court. We've given you the warnings. We're telling you how bad it is. If you don't move to level five, this is what's coming down the tracks. And then if the government don't go with Neffet's decision in so many weeks' time, Neffet can say, well, we did warn you. You can't point the finger of blame at us. We did tell you at the start of October you needed to move to a level five. And just to run down, just quickly through level five, how different would level five be to where we are in level two? Level five, it is the highest possible restrictions that could be put in place. And when the government announced the five different levels, there was always the always the expectations that we'd never get to level five. We'd hover around maybe three. We might move an area, a county to four, but surely nobody would be going to level five. And there was certainly expectations that there wouldn't be a countywide that or a countrywide that everybody would go to level five. You would be would all be asked to stay at home. You could exercise but only within five kilometers of your home. No gatherings other than a small number of funerals and and weddings would be allowed. For funerals, for example, the number would go back down to only 10 mourners would be allowed at a funeral. No visitors would be allowed to nursing homes or to any kind of residential care facility. That's got huge implications for people that live in nursing homes. If you were to go ahead with your wedding, you'd only be allowed to have six people at the wedding ceremony and at the reception. There would be no indoor or outdoor organised gatherings. Schools, creches and higher education facilities, they would all remain open. They've said that from day one though when they were starting to reopen the country, the whole aim always is to keep creches schools and the third level institutions to keep them going but I've already seen the ASDI are already starting to raise questions if the rest of the country has been told to stay at home why not the teachers so watch this space on that one all matches would be banned the you would the Individual training would be allowed, but it would only be individual training. You couldn't have group training. It would mean gyms, leisure centres, swimming pools. They would all be forced to close. All religious ceremonies would move online. Places of worship would be open for private prayer, but that would be it. Museums, galleries, other cultural attractions, they'd all be closed. Uh, bars, cafes, restaurants, including hotel restaurants and bars, would only be open for takeaway and our delivery. Hotels and accommodation, they would be allowed to open, but only for essential non-social and non-tourist purposes. You couldn't go for your weekend away, for example. Shops are going to be affected because they're saying only essential retail would be allowed to open. So we'd be back at the time when we had, what do we have? We had the pharmacies opened and we had the supermarkets opened. And we always had the off-licences as well, didn't we? The off-licences were never forced to close in the garages, obviously. But all of the other shops would be closed. All of your, any other boutiques would be, shot, would be closed. Any the hardware stores, 
They closed the last time, didn't they, as well? Anyway, essential retail only is what they're saying. Everyone will be asked to work from home unless you work in health, social care or other essential services. And then, as we mentioned, under level five, the over 70s will be told exercise judgment regarding how much they would interact with uh, others. I mean, we're at a situation now in this country looking at the numbers. We are now at the mercy as what is another series and increasingly what looks like a swift wave of uh, COVID-19. And I think everyone accepts it has to be brought under control, but it's how we bring it under control. When you look at the figures for the hospitals and they're the ones that we always have to keep an eye on. They show, these are the figures up to 8am yesterday morning, so they may have changed slightly for today. 134 people in hospital being treated with uh, COVID-19. That's up from 114 the previous day. So it went up by 20 in 24 hours. And then the number of people in intensive care, that's also gone up. 22 people as of yesterday morning in intensive care. And all of these admissions show just uh, not just a rise in people falling seriously ill with the virus, but they also are sending out alert about the pressure now that's been placed on hospitals because hospitals, remember at the moment, are still trying to provide care for non-COVID patients. And that's very different to the way it was during the first lockdown when hospitals were cleared out of all patients, all elective surgery was cancelled. All of that is going on at the same stage. And I don't think anybody wants to go back to the stage where all of those elective surgeries would be cancelled. Or, for example, where cancer patients would have their appointments delayed or where intensive care units would be at risk of being overwhelmed. So all the indicators are there that the hospitals are coming under pressure. So something has to be done and sooner rather than later. So Dr. Tony Houlihan and Neffert move in and say, move everyone to level five. Your thoughts welcomed, 1850-333-103, text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And as we've been hearing on the news, the government will consider today whether to place the country back into what is effectively a second lockdown. The National Public Health Emergency Team has recommended all counties be moved to level five restrictions. Our political correspondent, Sean Defoe, uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Sean. Morning. Uh, Did the recommendation from Neffet, Sean, did it come like a bolt out of the blue yesterday? Uh, Completely, yeah. They they absolutely call government building on the hop, caught a lot of people on the hop, um, really, especially given that last Thursday, Neffet didn't recommend anything of the sort. In fact, just recommended a nationwide uh, tightening on gatherings in the family home even have a press conference at that time uh, to announce it just sent, sent out a, a statement. This really was precipitated by Saturday's news that there were more than 600 cases uh, confirmed in Ireland for the first time uh, in a, a very long time since the height of the virus really that we've seen those kind of numbers that prompted an emergency meeting of the National Public Health Emergency Team yesterday chaired by Dr Tony Houlihan for the first time since July and that's where the recommendation came from. But even last night, uh, yesterday afternoon, as NEPA was meeting, there was no real indication that it would go this far. And now they have to uh, consider what to do now that they have. I mean, even the fact that Neffet held a meeting on a Sunday, was that in itself unusual? Yeah, there was no meeting planned um, for Neffet. Usually Neffet meetings are, are um, on uh, Monday and Thursday. Uh, and they're kind of set. They don't really breach out of that unless there is uh, an emergency. And uh, that seems to be what happened on Sunday. Uh, we don't know exactly the full data set or what exactly is feeding into this decision. We know obviously that one day, but should we've been told the entire time, one day of cases 
uh, doesn't uh, a crisis make. However, there has been worrying trends over the last few weeks. It's been going up in pretty much every county. Um, some, of course, have bugged the trend a small bit and got things back under control. But nationwide, there has been an increasing spread. So there's a, a lot of questions as to why now. We, we had expected some level of further restrictions for certain counties that they might go up to level three or even up to level four in the cases of Dublin and Donegal but no one expected level five to be the recommendation. Well certainly last weekend, last last Thursday into Friday, the run into the weekend we all here in Cork felt we had dodged a bullet because I think everybody was expecting we were going to move to level three and then as you say Neffert came out on Thursday with the recommendation that nobody really was expecting. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's the same with a number of counties. Cork is one of them, Louth is another, Waterford, my own home county was very close to it and managed to get it back under control, thankfully. So um, there there has been good chance from Neffet, I suppose, for each county to get it back under control with warnings rather than jumping up. And it does seem a strange recommendation, given that the roadmap uh, that the government came out with is all about individual counties. The, the whole idea of it is not to have the entire country on one level and certainly not to jump the entire country up three levels in, in many cases to level five. It does fly in the face of what that document was trying to achieve where you can localise it to where the outbreaks are particularly bad. And um, So again, we have to wait and see what exactly the justification Neffet has given to it, but it certainly seems as though they are concerned enough by the nationwide figures as to prompt this uh, this full lockdown. But it would seem, Sean, a bit unfair on some counties that are doing reasonably well. Definitely. I mean, some that have been able to get it back under control or had a low rate of the virus in the first place. And that was the whole plan of the roadmap, was that those areas would be able to go about not quite normal life, but relatively normal life in this uh, in the COVID world that we're in, whereas the hotspots uh, would be shut down. I think what it, it could well stem from is the fact that a lot of people just haven't been paying attention to the regulations. There's been a lot of breaching them, particularly in Dublin, again in Donegal as well, but around the country where people are having that one meeting that's too far or that one uh, group, you know, going to see friends or going to a party or something like that. And so the the recommendations that are already in place, which in theory could have worked, are not working. Now, it's a big step to go from it's not working, maybe we need something a little more to go into full lockdown. And indeed, some in government buildings last night were speculating whether recommending level five was actually method saying, well, we want level four, but we need to put a bit of a scare on people as well and say, look, that this is possible. To be fair to Neffet, that's not the way they've done business mm. to date. They usually do say what they mean and what, you know, it's kind of like the wrong seal of government agencies where you get what it says in the tin. Um, so it would be unusual for them to play political games like that. And level five, Sean, is as good as a full uh, countrywide lockdown like what we experienced earlier in the year, except the big difference, schools remain open. Yeah, now this is uh, one point where there has been conflicting government advice, even on their own website, because one section where it deals with level five restrictions says schools are open um, with obviously the restrictive measures in place that are already there in terms of secondary schools and pods and all the rest of it. And another one says subject to uh, conditions at the time at level five. So there would be an option for the government if it went to level five and if Neffet recommended it to close the schools. A lot of teachers have been contacting me in the last 12 hours going, it makes absolutely no sense if you're going to shut down every other aspect of the country but leave the schools open, you are just, uh, you're not going to tackle COVID because it can still spread. You're still having 30 children and an adult meet in a room. They were all going home back to their families then and that would be a big problem. So certainly teachers believe that schools need to be looked at. The government and the teacher indeed has been arguing that actually the spread in schools is relatively low and a lot lower than in the rest of the population and therefore they may be able to to be kept open. And the plan all along 
has been in all phases of this for schools to be able to stay open. That was, again, one of the key tenets of the roadmap. It's been a priority of Micheál Martins to ensure that in every phase, education can stay open and that we don't go back to the situation where kids are sitting home for months at a time. But from a medical point of view, there will be huge questions asked if we are saying to every other person in the country, it's not safe for you to go into your workplace, it's not safe for you to go and exercise beyond five kilometres of your home. We need you to stay there to suppress the virus. But you can go to school and you can drop the kids off in the morning and they can all go in and be mingling with each other. It does seem to be somewhat contradictory. Yeah, I saw the ASCI already calling for a view of uh, safety in schools. So, Sean, talk us through what's to happen today because on a Monday, the Cabinet were not due to meet today, but are you being led to believe that they will now meet today? Yeah, very much uh, seems like they are going to meet. Usually their meeting is on a Tuesday and that had been the intention when uh, until this recommendation really came out and through a spanner in the works. So what's going to happen is some, around lunchtime, the Taoiseach, uh, Micheál Martin, Tánis Lee and the Green Party leader, Eamon Ryan, are going to meet with the CMO and basically they want to hear from him directly why do you feel this is necessary? This is a big escalation. There will be huge social and economic repercussions from it. So you have to show us the data, explain why this is absolutely needed right now and why we couldn't go to level three across the country, four across the country, or more localised restrictions. The outcome of that meeting then will basically dictate the rest of the day. It could be kicked to the Cabinet subcommittee. I think that's unlikely, given that three of the five members of the subcommittee are going to have met with Tony Houlihan anyway. There is the other um, oversight a group, the kind of steering committee, which is made up of uh, senior department officials, that is likely to be to consider what, how would Level 5 be implemented or whatever the recommendation ends up being be implemented and what would the knock-on impact be. And then there will be a full cabinet meeting at which it will be decided. And I don't think it's by any means a foregone conclusion. No minister I've talked to in the last 12 hours wants Level 5. They want to find a way to avoid this. They think the social and economic impact is too big, that we are going to see thousands of job losses straight away if it does happen, and that the whole uh, living with COVID plan was to avoid exactly this, because if you just lock down every few months and then when you open again, the, the, the spread starts. It's, a, it's an awful cycle that will harm people, put businesses out of uh, out of pocket, and potentially even closing down and damage people's mental health. So a lot of them to consider. It won't be very straightforward. But if I was to say a time or a rough idea of when we might know, I would think around five or six o'clock, certainly tea time this evening, uh, by the timeline that we've been uh, we've been led to believe by government building. Okay. All right. No doubt we'll speak uh, again this week, Sean. In the meantime, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Thanks, Vinny. Good morning to you. That is uh, Sean Defoe, our political correspondent, just with the latest coming out from uh, Dublin. So it looks like that Cabinet meeting will go ahead uh, today. wasn't scheduled until it's normally on a Tuesday that they meet. Some of your thoughts uh, coming in on this John says uh, Saturday night was absolutely cra- crazy. It's an awful disgrace. 12 o'clock in the day and there was crowds in the pub. People are abusing this now. It is a disgrace, says uh, John. Uh, Tom says I can't understand if they're going to move to level five, the why they would leave the schools open. I know that the schools operate in pods inside in the classroom, but as soon as they leave the school gates... They're all off in big numbers anyway. Just close off the off licences and the parties will uh, stop, says uh, Tom. And I can see a number of teaching unions. I mentioned the ASDI. They are calling for a review of safety in uh, schools. And Anne Pickett of the ASDI, I know, is saying that the health and safety and welfare, they're members of the school, is of paramount importance. And I think the INTO are are also uh, looking and calling for 
different rules are, you know that if the rest of society is open why should schools remain open so I don't know if how people feel about that if you have a son or daughter in school if we do go to level 5 and if everything else is closed down would you be happy to send your son or daughter to a school Meg says what do people expect they, that they could carry on regardless gad about on holidays and party etc it's all coming back to bite now Pat says surely closing the off licences would stop house uh, parties another person says no point moving to level 5 if our airports and ports are still open in this country there's simply no point since March we've been visiting my mother-in-law in her garden we have not stepped foot inside her house since March. Once a week we grab a takeaway and we join Al Fresco Me. Well, well done. Still keeping in contact with your mother-in-law. But yes, some people are sticking so rigid, rigorously to looking after themselves and particularly looking after older people that they're going to great lengths like that, not stepping foot inside a person's house for fear of passing on COVID-19. If we move to level five, says somebody else, would the hairdressers be closed? Yes, because it's only essential retail and services would remain open. So yes, hairdressers, beauticians, they would all close and it would be for a month somebody's asking that as well it's four weeks is what Neffert are proposing and Anne says morning Patricia who is causing lockdown well I'll give you the answer says Anne it's the people the government have two choices a lockdown or start issuing very serious sanctions to the people breaking the public health advice like a nighttime curfew to stop house parties people are not adhering to the regulations and we have to get the numbers down it is simply getting out of control so I take it Anne you are in favour of a move to level five. And Joe says, hi Patricia, pubs should never have opened, sports should never have started up again. The good people have to suffer. This is the good people who have been adhering to all the rules and regulations have to suffer because of this now. That's from Joe. 1850 333 103. Text or WhatsApps 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862 And Michael says, Patricia, we will go to level three either today or tomorrow. And if figures don't improve, we'll be straight into lockdown. End of story. The country needs a dose of reality. I'm delighted to see Dr. Houlihan back and uh, Michael wants to update my figures to say it's just been announced 150 patients in hospital with uh, COVID-19 so that number is even up on the number I gave for yesterday morning. Timmy is in Donnerwell. Good morning to you Timmy. Good morning. And you want I'm very well. You from your age group want to pass on a special thanks to the youth. Well I'm going to I'm going to be very straight now Patricia. Okay. And this is live in here I hope. It is. Special thanks to all the so-called well-educated people that have been crowing about extra pints for college places and everything else for the last couple of weeks. Instead of opening extra places in colleges, they they should open a couple of extra child care centres. Right? Yeah. Our age group, I'm in my 60s. Right? Mm-hmm. They have absolutely no respect for anyone. They're yeah. showing it. There was house, house parties in Dublin. They're also in Cork. I'm not denying that. There was house parties in Dublin last week with over 40 people per house. Okay? Mm. And now on your programme today, we have issues about oh, the way it will affect the country now with a shutdown. Well, 
criticising about the shutdown. I haven't heard any of them on your show um, putting a big show on about um, household parties or the freedom of this or the freedom of that. So you are following us out of disgrace. So you're talking about what, the 18 to 24-year-olds? 18 to 24. Okay, and we know there has been a spike. And all the and all the yeah, I'm I, I, well, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I mean, I, because I, I think it's unfair to say it is just the younger generation. You're absolutely right. There has been an increase in the numbers testing positive for COVID-19 in the 18 to 24. But we also know that there were a number of clusters of cases because of christening parties, communion parties, birthday parties, funerals, even after funerals, families didn't abide by the rules and the regulations. So while young people can be blamed for a proportion of it, Timmy, we can't blame all of the cases. I'm not throwing the whole thing back. Okay. Because there was actually uh, pubs in my area mentioning Norma now. Right? Okay. There was a total shutdown. All pubs closed, all this closed, all that closed. There was my age group going in there. Inside doors, in back doors, in this, in that, right? Mm. Now, on your programme, a couple of minutes ago, we listened to where pubs should never have been opened. Yeah, someone suggested that. It's a small bit too late. And the argument, and I can see again a lot more uh, people saying the same thing, and I know we did a poll on this over the weekend, uh, people saying that the off-licences should be closed for a few weeks to curtail house parties. If you're going to have a lockdown for four weeks, why not ban drink, uh, ban the sale of drink from off-licences and from supermarkets for four, to, for, for four weeks? Is drink, is alcohol got a lot to do with it, Timmy? Well, you see, Patricia... Are we off again now? Are we, are we actually making an excuse of the alcohol now again to take the responsibility away from the adult? No, that's but... What, you, but that's no, exactly what we're doing. No, I have no problem with someone going into an off-license. No, and but I, I think when people are socialising... But I think when people are socialising with alcohol, you go in with the best of intentions, but people's guard gets left down when they have a few drinks. That's, I think, is the argument well, that I a lot mean, of people I are making. You of what you're saying in that but I will also say uh, uh, yeah the guard goes down but there's also an awful lot, lack of lack of respect because when you talk about a um, house party and there might be 30 or 40 people at it right mm-hmm. everyone at that house party are going home they're either going back to their parents or, 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 or you know yeah, Granny right. comes to dinner on a no, Sunday. Granny calls to dinner on Sunday. Yeah, we're going out and we're meeting other people the following day, side in supermarket, side here and side there. We can make excuses and we can blame the drink, we can blame this, we can blame everything. We cannot remove the responsibility from ourselves. I have two relations of mine at present. They're in isolation since February. Okay, mm-hmm. and they have no choice but to be. Now they're in a position. We're back now to where we were last April. Thanks to what? Uh, you had plenty of people on the, on the, on the television, on, on, on every program going about business must get back. Business must get back. Business could get back with safety. But when business got back, we went from there to our house parties. We went, and I'm, maybe I'm banking on this, but I have to go a step f- further. We have a border in this country. 
There's no rules and regulations in it. Fly in from London into Belfast. Hire a car. Travel anywhere you like in this country. No regulations. And that's a big worry now when you well, look at the numbers of the if north. People, if people are so slow that they actually can't see this, there's a population of 1.9 million in Northern Ireland. There's a population here of 4.9. Okay? Mm. And we can have 900 cases in a population of 1.9 million and 600 cases here. Yeah, yeah, it's a let's, big... Let's would you, are, you, would, are you advocating close the border? Uh, do you know what? You're all, that's opening some can of worms now, right? <laughs> it is. Do you really want my honest opinion? Yeah, I do. do really I do. I do. Yeah. I have no time for President Trump or from America. Okay. No time for him. But I would nearly hire him to know would he take on the job or put the wall and the barber in this country instead of uh, wasting money spending it in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if I don't think we want a wall bit. But well, well, maybe put controls in place. I, I, I don't yes, know. But, but, but I, I know another point. And can I say? Can I say there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people agreeing you, agreeing with you. I, I mean, I hate pointing the finger of blame, but a lot of people are saying we do need to look to the younger generation, particularly when we see the spike in the number of cases, particularly when we see and hear about house parties. Somebody else is talking about county finals and the way people responded when their team won uh, as well which is something I, I know we'll get to later on but you've uh, you've certainly got a lot of people on your side Timmy with no, a lot of people agreeing with you now, um, I'm, I'm listening to the complaints about off licences and this and that right anyone that's going into an off licence to buy alcohol yeah have they organised beforehand about a house party more than likely yes right yeah no if they haven't organised for a house party Ever before they bought this alcohol or went about getting this alcohol, they were automatically breaking a rule. Right or wrong? For organising the house party, yes. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it came yeah. up, uh, I heard this on your programme last week, um, people in Cork, uh, landlords with these houses. Yeah, yeah, the with the magazine road right. residents. Yeah. Very easy to solve that. What would you do? Your landlord yeah. pays the fine. That's it. Yeah, the landlord is soon smart. No, but you remember in Galway when we'd all the scenes from Galway and then I remember when the RT cameras were up there, you know, showing all of the young people that were out socialising and then they panned over to a delivery to an off licence and literally, literally pallet loads of, of beer. You know, and, and, and young people walking in, go, you know, walking out with slabs of beer. you got to question, well, where are you going with your slabs of beers, guys? It's got to be an organised party that they're going yes. to. Yes, well, so what? Uh, so we will take the off licences off of the off of the equation here now, small bit, right? Yeah. And um, if I'm going to a party tonight, which God knows my age, I won't be going anywhere. So <laughs> it makes no difference, right? But if I'm going to a party tonight, I must go out to an off licence to uh, to organise a certain amount of drink. Yeah. No. Ever before I go out to the off licence, I'm I know I'm going to the party. I know I'm breaking rules and yeah. regulations. Yeah, okay. Listen. And I'm, I'm not trying to be, I'm not down on top of the youth. I know, I know, I know. But You're just pointing out what's going on. a couple of pressures. Right? Yeah. Instead of increasing the points for the college students, 
produce them. I put them back into a creche for two or three years. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Okay. We All can't right. be... Our generation, Patricia, cannot be holding the cane for... Jesus, we were all wise to know that. We were, all, we were all young once as well, yes, though. Yes. Yeah. But we but didn't live, we didn't live we through had. a pandemic. But yeah. there was one thing we had. We always had respect for all the people. That's a good point. That's a good point. We always right. had respect for them. Okay. I'm going to leave it there, Timmy. Listen, thank you for that. Lots of thank people say bye-bye. Good, good, have a nice day. Uh, good man yourself. Dead right, uh, Timmy. Well done to that uh, gentleman. What he's saying is so uh, spot on. Somebody says, well done, uh, Timmy. He's speaking up and saying what a lot of us are thinking. But more people are also saying we need to close the off licences uh, if we close those for the four weeks. And let's see what would happen with that. 1850 John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls. Take Next WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. And Gat on our Twitter feed at C103 Cork saying this uh, suggestion of a move to level five. Gat says not unexpected. Now the Dr. Tony Houlihan is back. It's almost as if they were frightened of making a change without him. Now Noreen Murphy of Lichine's House, the community-based mental health charity, uh, joins me with her concerns if the country was to move to uh, Level 5. Good morning, Janori. Good morning, And and thank you for contacting us. How worried are you about the possibility of moving to Level 5 from a mental health point of view? Uh, Well, I'm very worried because, I mean, you know, it's Mental Health Health Day on October the 10th um, coming up. And, you know, the last pandemic, um, we certainly got an increase in calls coming onto our helpline. And they were from all walks of life, you know, people in business, people in jobs who were laid off. And I mean, obviously, this creates more anxiety and stress for people. So the, you know, it's, um, it's, it's counterproductive, really. The consequences far outweigh the benefits. I mean, obviously, we all want people to stay safe and to follow the guidelines that are in place to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Like after the nine o'clock news last night, I mean, my mother is 85 and she rang me and she rang me again this morning, petrified that they were going to bring it up to level five because like, you know, she's taking her measures and using precautions, sensible ones, and she doesn't want to see, um, you know, she's been through a lot. She's 85 years of age. She's seen a lot over the years. And like she said, there's no need um, if people just follow the guidelines and did what they were asked to do. She certainly doesn't want to be locked inside. And for instance, like she spends most of her weekends at my place and Mm. stuff like that. And this is what these people look forward to. And did she do cocooning the last time? Um, She did for the first first two weeks. First when they closed the school down. But after that, no. She just went to town, took her her normal safety procedures, you know, um, washed her hands, used the sanitizer, put on a mask or a visor, going to the supermarket and, you know, just keep yourself safe. We all have a personal responsibility for others and to keep ourselves safe as well. But like, I mean, we certainly had an increase in calls to our helpline because the anxiety and the fear surrounding the co- what the COVID-19 has presented, um, you know, is far beyond what people can comprehend and deal with. You know, people's livelihoods are at stake, businesses closed, some people couldn't reopen their business. And so, you know, and everyone who's in business wants to keep their employers safe. Obviously, that's their first priority, the public. But they also want to um, keep their business afloat and to keep their employees in, in jobs. 
So, I mean, it's a huge issue for rural Ireland, like in particular. And, you know, I mean, the consequences of a lockdown lockdown to level five coming into the winter, winter is, is humongous, really. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was thinking when I woke this morning, I was thinking there was many people had a very bad night's sleep. Many business oh, yes. owners would have had very a very bad. bad night's sleep last night in it's dread. Yeah, <laughs> in, in dread of of what the knock-on effect of oh, level five. And when you say that you saw an increase in cause knowing, would that have been from people who would never have contacted Lachines before? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um, I mean, people that have never um, suffered from anxiety and panic, obviously it's affecting their lives because even if they're in a job and they were laid off, if they're in business and they can't pay their rent, I know there was monitoriums on rent, but some people who own buildings just couldn't provide them with that because, you know, a lot of people are under pressure for different reasons. And, of course, like, you know, I myself, like, I had to lay off our eight employees between Clonakilty and Skibbereen. With the shops. Yes, and our panel of councillors. We kept them going with the bit of reserves we had. But if we head into another lockdown, we have no, I have no way of foreseeing what's going to happen to us leading into the uh, going into the future if we have another lockdown I honestly don't know how that people how we will survive and, and your shops it's, it's worth pointing out your shops are your charity shops and they're the, the they're the, the backbone they're of the, my yeah of that's the, what makes the money yeah. yeah and you know we do follow safe procedures we do what we're asked to do we've the, the social distancing and wash your hands which is the priority things so we are adhering and not alone me because I mean, obviously, I live in rural Ireland. I live in Bantry and I'm surrounded by tourists. I'm surrounded. I meet people who own restaurants and B&Bs every day. And the efforts that these people have put in and the, you know, the extra time that takes them to do every simple task to keep their business open, to provide a quality service and to keep their customers safe has been unreal. And the, the the methods that they've used and the workload they've taken on, and I know for a fact that they've worked long and hard to provide a safe service for both employees and the public. And I don't know can they survive another level five lockdown? And and know, a lockdown now in October, oh, Noreen, would be very different to the one in March and April. Perfect. I mean, the weather alone is going to play a part. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine queues outside a shop and it's pouring with rain? And I mean, it's it's not feasible, like, you know, I mean, people just need to do what they're asked to do. Social distance, not to, not party and wash your hands and keep yourself safe and others safe. It has proven that the lockdown didn't work because once the once it reopens again, that people, obviously some people, not all people aren't following the guidelines. Mm. So, so your message is we have to learn to live with this virus. I think so, yes. Because, like, I mean, locking us down to level five is going to increase. I mean, suicides have increased and they will increase more. People won't be able to take the pressure. I mean, you know, we have to live, but we also have to prevent, as you know, the virus from spreading. So we have to do it and follow the rules that were laid down. I mean, some people just aren't following them. Forget the parties, forget, you know, if they can work online from university, let your child work from line from university. And, you know, anyone who can work online to work online. 
but to keep the country open. I mean, older people don't want to see the country closed down either. No, no. no they and, don't. and you think of people knowing in nursing homes that there'll be a complete ban on visitors to nursing homes. That's and that was one of the most difficult, difficult things, both for families who couldn't get in to see loved ones, but for the residents themselves. It, it oh, really was difficult. Oh, All right, listen, uh, Noreen, you stay safe and, um, and thanks, thanks for your thoughts Trisha. and thanks for joining us. God bless. God bless. Bye bye. And the fantastic work that everybody does. At uh, Lachine's house at San Noreen Murphy, 1850 333 103. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest hits. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Lots of people contacting the programme today. Kathleen on the pubs. She said the pubs were closed for a number of months. Well, they were closed for over, the wet pubs were closed for over six months in total, uh, Kathleen. And she said everybody was feeling sorry for the publicans. Well, I was out walking on Saturday night. I observed crowds outside pubs drinking on the streets. How can we observe social distancing with this sort of thing going on? Okay, open the pubs but make sure that they are adhering to the rules. Karen says in my local town at the weekend pubs opened beyond the closing time of 11.30 which is what the new guidelines are. After midnight the the pubs were open says Karen and people were drinking outside. So again let the pubs open but if they don't adhere to the rules then please shut them down. John says I can't understand where the leadership of this country is. The standard of living will go back to what it was in the 40s if we go back into another full lockdown. We need to learn to live with this coronavirus. If we keep opening up and shutting down, then the country from an economic point of view will never ever uh, recover. John in Canturk is another one shouting for close the off licences. He says it is the only cure. Open the hotels, open the pubs, but close all of the off licences. Take all of the drink out of the big supermarkets. That is the cause of the parties. We need to close where people are getting their drink from. Drink is cheaper. And that's the reason for these house parties. Simply close the off licence. It's not rocket science. Just give it a try and see the effect that it would have on numbers. I bet you would see a reduction in the disease. If we go back into lockdown, all we are doing is uh, frightening people. And then Jill contacted us and Jill is a nurse at the Cork University Hospital and she says she's concerned about the crowds that are coming into the hospital visiting people visiting their sick relatives and friends. Should I think the government are right in locking down the country and moving us to level five. But Jill also thinks that the schools should close. Should teachers have been used as babysitters? I've seen young patients coming in a second time over COVID. One girl, she said, for example, has completely lost her voice. This is one of the effects of having COVID-19. Hospital visits need to end. People won't die without a visitor. We also need to close the off-licence. There's another person with the off-licence to close and shops that sell alcohol. They are defeating the purpose by keeping schools uh, open. And that's coming from somebody who is at the front line and is very much seeing it at first hand. Then some of your texts in. Hi, Patricia. I do think we should go back into lockdown again to bring the cases down and all the pubs should be closed. It's for everybody's good. That's from a listener in Canturk. Liz says old age pensioners are of the generation who were taught to behave and they were taught respect. Where are the brains gone with the younger generation? Lucy says our problem is my 80 year old mother-in-law. She's out and about more than we are. 
She goes up to Cork with her friend in the car. They're going to cafes and God knows where else. We just go to the local shop and back. We, we're even masking up on the street now. I inhaled a mouthful of somebody's cigarette smoke the other day. Wasn't very nice, says Lucy in Dunmanway, who's saying that not all older people are abiding by all of the rules and the restrictions. Padder says, at last, common sense. This was listening to Noreen Murphy from Lachine's uh, house. Well said to Noreen from Bantry. I feel the very same. I certainly would not stay inside a five kilometre boundary, which is what would be in place if we move to level five. Absolutely stick to all the hygiene and the cough etiquette and the wearing a mask and all of that. But I'm not going to live under level five. Never as life is tough enough, says Padder. Marie says, can I say very simple rules that need to be obeyed. It's just three really we need to remember. You need to wash your hands before and after visits. You need to keep two metres apart with social distancing and wear your mask. Simple as, says Marie. Why are people not getting it? Someone else says, and people are concerned about the silliest of things. Like last week, we had people asking about trick-or-treating and potential deaths in the making. Timmy, who was amateur earlier, is so right. Respect seems to have disappeared with the younger generation. She says, hi Trish, I'm guided by the Serenity Pair change what you can't acceptance change what you can't change and have wisdom to know the difference I know I can't change those fools who break the rules but I do have the wisdom to avoid them I've been back cocooning for the last 10 days the last time I went behind the barricades three weeks before the official lockdown I don't feel restricted by the way says Sheila I feel safe I'd be delighted to see level 5 come back in I would also like to see heavy fines for those who are found to be breaking any of the rules Someone else says it's a joke if schools will be left open. Pupils going home to parents and to grandparents. It's all a bit ridiculous. Did the scientists appeal to the government in the summer when the curve was flattened to stamp it out and focus on the border, focus on the ports and the airports? No, they didn't. They had us instead uh, following those on the other side of us. I'm assuming you're, you're talking about the UK. Instead of looking places like New Zealand. New Zealand, by the way, are doing much better than most countries. Why are we not following their lead and they completely of course have shut down their borders I think that's the point that listener is making and Jim says here we go closing the stable door after the horse has bolted we eased the first lockdown too quickly that's the mistake we made what was the rush to open the pubs and sports could have waited until next year yes we need the children to get back to school but all the rest of the things could have uh, waited and then a number of whatsapps in let me take a look at some of those hi Patricia level 5 lockdown sorry now but if people did follow the rules we wouldn't be where we are right now further action does need to be taken if it's level 5 so be it soon enough the hospitals won't have enough beds and a lot more people will die. I'm a young mother with three children doing everything we're meant to do. I'm very afraid of this virus and the after effects from it. And that's from a listener in West Cork. Thank you for that. Somebody else says, I'm from West Cork, living in Dunmanway. Listening to the comments coming in from uh, people, particularly with regards to mental health problems, particularly with another lockdown to level five, I absolutely agree. People simply won't be able to cope with life. Jerry says, uh, hi, Patricia, we cannot live with a virus like COVID-19 as it knows no boundaries. Government's mantra of we having to live with COVID-19 is the sole reason we're in the state we're in today. A lockdown does work and it's been proven, but the government opened the country too fast. They played politics with it. They made a mess of it, says uh, Jerry. 
Catherine says even three weeks ago the oldies were in fear of a lockdown and were panicking that they would have no family visits etc. They were even thinking as far ahead as Christmas and being alone at Christmas time. Their mental health will suffer terribly and the mental health services are more or less zero at the moment. A lot of people are going to be suffering mental health issues. Heidi, morning Patricia, stay safe. Same to you Heidi. The gentleman speaking, or this was Timmy speaking about respect. He is so right. It's down to people taking responsibility for themselves. We can't keep blaming others if we don't do what's expected of others. All of us. That's from Heidi Mag says, Hi Patricia, hope you're well. I'm cocooning most of the time and I'm keeping busy. Wouldn't it be logic to close the airports and the ferries? And we shouldn't have any cases. We're an island surrounded by water. We should be able to get to zero. If we had done in January or February, we would be now similar to where New Zealand are almost COVID free. Ridiculous carry on, people dying unnecessarily, and the financial ruin on our country. Not much point closing the stable door because the horse is already gone. Let's do it right this time. Cut everything and then break the host continuation and lock the country down. As from Catherine, someone else says, why don't the government consider nighttime curfews instead of a a total lockdown? I've thought of that as well. Put a curfew in place. I think most of us, I know people will say, oh, you're civil liberties, you can't bring in a a curfew. I think most of us would abide by it. I think most of us would be willingly staying indoors from eight, nine, ten o'clock. They've done that successfully in other countries and it certainly has worked. John says, hi Patricia, I hope they close all the pubs and the off licences. It's a disgrace. The good old Irish can't stay away from the demon drink and talking rubbish and fighting after us. After it, we're worse now than we were back in March. That's from John. And Tim says, we don't need level five restrictions. The country can't take another lockdown. Stupid people just need to cop on. Okay, that's a sample of some of your texts, WhatsApps and calls coming into the programme. Keep them coming. 1850-333-103. Sadie and John Paul are taking the calls. And you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs Taking a look at the jobs uh, today David Nodwell Limited their plant hire and civil engineering company based in Glamire looking for an experienced 360 degree tracks machine driver you need to have a C licence and to drive a rigid truck Skullbreed in Crossmaha. They're looking for part-time cleaners. Previous experience and contact details for references will be necessary. People wanted for roofing and labouring. Also apprentices wanted. That's for the Canturk area. And Coffee is super value. They're based in Bandon. They're looking for a fresh food trainee. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 Now I'll come back to your thoughts on the possibility of the country moving to level five, but I want to move to a completely different top- topic as Councillor Frank Roach has contacted us. Uh, good morning to you, Frank. Good morning, Patricia. Now, Frank, you're speaking on behalf of a group of hauliers who are going to do a slow drive. That's right. Tell tell me <coughs> why and where. It's on the, the Mellow Mitchelton Road um, between Anakisha Church and Kildowry. Now, the, the hauliers are actually calling the main Clarny Dublin Road via Mellow uh, because it, it is, that is the road, actually. And the section of road between... Um, 
and in particular in water like in Chamblemore, is extremely dangerous. Why? Um, it, because it's too narrow. And since I have been elected, I can honestly say on a daily basis I'm getting phone calls from haulers from all over the country where they're breaking mirrors, uh, cutting tires, breaking springs, breaking airbags. It's an absolute disgrace that's going on down. Okay, and what proportion of it is to do with overgrown hedgerows? Well, the hedgerows have, in fairness to the Cork County Council, they have taken a certain um, responsibility to the, to the trees. And before I got elected, I promised the people that if I got elected, I'd make sure that those trees were cut. Now, uh, Cork County Council cut the trees in the last 12 months. But the problem is that the TII are in control of the road and they are dragging their legs on us. So um, we thought when the trees were cut that we'd get the road widened. But unfortunately, there's nothing being done about us. Yeah, and is, that's that's not a council issue, though. That's the, is that the local landowners? Well, TII have the have the road, have control of the road. Now, certainly, I know the hedges uh, would be the landowner problem, mm. and like it is very sad to think that we are in the open season now, and the owners, the landowners, probably should um, be out cutting their hedges because. It is, it is desperate on, the, on these truck owners and haulage companies trying to keep their trucks maintained. And like what the sad thing about it is, an awful lot of truck owners would have been just there repairing and tidying up trucks and in their spare time for Sunday. Mm. And I think today go out on Monday morning with their trucks speak and span and 100% perfect, drive that section of the road, and you have the RSA and the road police below at the bridge in Kildowry. And if there's a mirror cracked in that truck, they're being fined and being prosecuted for a defective vehicle. Oh, that's no, tough. That is it tough. Is, it is very, very sad. And the ones coming from the Mitchell side, if they go to the race course in Mallard, it's been done to them. And like, it is very, very sad to think that our RSA are abusing our truck owners and drivers and to the conditions of the roads they're leaving, leaving doing nothing about. It's disgrace. Yeah, and it's not like that they can take an alternative route. They can't, no, no. So what? In, in, in that section of the road, to be fair, some of the lorry drivers said it was three feet wider. One or two said maybe five feet wider. They're not looking for a motorway. They only just want the width of a bucket of a machine taken off the side and now take away one ditch, and that would solve the whole thing. And you say you've been, this is one of the points that a lot of people are talking to you about since you've been elected as a councillor. Have you raised... You, the concerns at council level and what reaction have you got? Yes, I, I, I raised it at council level and in fairness, Cork County Council had uh, actually bought the land and the trees that they cut were, uh, were in the ownership of Cork County Council at the time they cut them. And to be fair to Cork County Council, they did what we asked them to do and they did cut the trees. But the next step now is to get TII to give Cork County Council permission to move to the next step. And is that a funding issue? Possibly, yes. Yeah. yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Somebody says there's confusing, confusing speed limits on that road that you're talking about right now. Would you please ask your guest, that's Councillor Frank Roach, about that? And that's from a Killarney listener. Confusing speed limits, would you agree with that? Well, I suppose. Um I'd imagine that there's, uh, that there's 100 kilometres, to be quite honest, which I don't know. But I, think I, it I, is, I think it is. I and actually, it's that's fast for the condition of that road and how narrow that road and how twisty that road can be. But you see, it's a national route. Yeah. It's a national route, like. And like, the other thing that concerns me very, very much is the school bus from Kildowry is travelling that road twice a day. Mm. 
And like, do we want to hear some morning on County somewhere there has been a major accident and half the kids in Kildare wiped out in one thing? Oh, don't even, th- don't even think We it. don't no, want it, no, like. And no, like, they're no. travelling that road twice a day. Okay. So for, for the local people, as much as for the haulers, it is very, very important that we get that road, get it seen. Okay, talk to me about what's the plan for Friday? Friday morning, the 9th of October at 8.30am, um, the lorries will be congregating at an Anikisha Church and in Kildare. And at 8.30am, they're going to proceed slowly, um, possibly 10, 15 kilometres an hour, in both directions. And it'll be just a slow protest. Now, there will be in uh, COVID-19 restrictions will be here, too, because each uh, lorry driver will remain in the cab of his truck. So there won't be any problem with social distancing or anything, because the trucks will be on or up in 50 feet long. So there won't be any problem with... Um, social distancing and and they'll proceed up and down. Now Eugene Brennan, president of the Irish Road Hauler Association, will also be in attendance and he's that organization is supporting this cause. And are you talking about truck drivers coming from all over the area? Well sure look an awful lot more on that road every day anyhow. Mm. And the the owners and, and, and the drivers they're so concerned about it. They're willing to give up their morning just a uh, couple of two hours in the morning to support the cause because, look, any of us don't want a major accident. While we do know we can almost say on a daily basis there's a minor accident on the road, but they're, they're just doing it for the cause. OK, but obviously you're, you're, the reason you're highlighting it is to suggest to anybody who might be on that road to avoid it for that those couple I'll, of I'll, hours. Avoid it between 8.30 and, and, and 9.30. OK, all right. OK, listen. No, there, there, there's a little narrow road um, going off to the right and they're hoping to keep that road clear just in case there's an emergency for fire brigades or for ambulances. Right here. And- it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There would be appealing to people not to go using that road to congest everything when, when the, 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 the march is on. OK. All right. Listen, Frank, thank you for that. And uh, thanks for alerting people to it uh, as well. Thanks for joining us. 
Thank you. Thank Good morning to you. That is uh, Councillor Frank Roach. Some of your calls uh, coming in. Mary says it's all doom and gloom. My son is 26 and along with three of his friends, they went out to climb Croke Patrick. They don't go to the pubs. There are very, there are, there are very good young people out there. Yeah, and that's and there was one of the points I tried to make when I was speaking with Timmy earlier, who was blaming the young people. You can't tar everyone with the, with the run one brush for sure, because there are many really good young people there as well. Uh, you are so right. Uh, good to hear that your son and his friends are part of that particular group. And an email to Patricia at uh, c103.ie saying, "Hi, Patricia. I don't see why." They are talking about going into level five for COVID-19 restrictions when yesterday I was on a country road just outside Clonakilty and a group of about 25 to 28 people were on the road road bowling. I had to stop and wait for them to finish throwing the bowl and then they waved for me to pass on through them when they were done. I could not and I mean I could not get over to see them next I couldn't get over seeing them next to each other talking and clapping each other on the the backs and there wasn't a mask to be seen on any of them there was a woman with a green COVID-19 bib on and a COVID-19 on at the start line and warning road bowling was ahead but not one of the group had a mask on and they were all standing next to each other I was so mad I was going to stop to take a video or a picture on my phone but my partner told me no we need to keep going we both talked about it though on the entire journey home do people really listen at all could could not get over what I saw yesterday Patricia and please call out my name as I have no problem whatsoever standing up for what I saw yesterday thanking you and that's from Adrian from West Cork I know that was it last week or the weekend before we had a number of people talk about coming across a road bowling event and we were mentioning it and people were saying very similar Aidan to what you've outlined in your email and Bowel Come and a Heron were listening to us and we got a, a statement in from them saying that any event that they operate are done under very strict rules and regulations. They mentioned that they had a COVID-19 officer. That's why I'm assuming that this event must have been run by Balcom and Heron if you spotted somebody with a green COVID-19 bib on and a COVID-19 sign because they told us, and I'll get, I'll try and get John Paul to get up that statement that they sent. I don't know if it was last weekend or the weekend before, but they did issues with the statement saying that they comply with all of the rules and regulations. And I'm sure so social distancing was mentioned. I don't know if the wearing of masks was mentioned because we know as part of the guidelines we don't have to wear masks outside and we know you've left less chance of contracting COVID-19 when you're outside but social distancing is still meant to be in place because if you're going to any matches uh, the there's a limit on the number of people who are allowed to go to matches and they all have to be social distance or they're expected to be two metres apart. So I'll see if I can get that. OK, John Paul is sending it in to me here just to see because if there was a COVID-19 officer there, here it is, Bell coming here. Yeah, so whatever, I can't remember what particular event we were speaking about but they were saying that it wasn't organised under their auspices and they say they take the responsibilities very seriously. They do adhere to COVID protocols. All of the bowling events are outdoors, played over two kilometre stretch. They say that gives ample room for social distancing. They also pointed out that the wearing of masks is not mandatory but they do say in their press statement that it is encouraged and they said over the weekend the bowels are sanitised 
sanitised. They have the signs which Aidan saw. And they also have a COVID officer who takes names and telephone numbers of all those attending. So for a contact tracing point of view, they have all of that done. But Aidan uh, says that what he witnessed yesterday was people patting each other the back. And obviously if somebody does well, People want to congratulate them, etc. And that's what uh, Adrian said. Social distancing, certainly, he reckoned, wasn't being adhered to. And that was just outside Clonakilty yesterday. 1850-333-103. John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now, Cork County Council's fire, sa- fire Service are once again leading National Fire Safety Week here in Cork, which runs from today until the 12th of October. And they're helping to promote fire safety and in particular safety at home. The theme of this year's campaign is centred on the message of stop fire Working smoke alarms save lives. Joining me from Mallow Fire Station is Jonathan Madden, who is the station officer in Mallow. Good morning to you, Jonathan. Good morning, Patricia. How are you keeping? I'm, I'm keeping very well and you're welcome to the programme. I suppose let's start with the good news. The number of fire fatalities, they've been on the decline, haven't they, in recent years? They have, Patricia, yeah. In the, in the last 15 years, I suppose there's been a big decline. Uh, thanks be to God, in the amount of people that lose their lives on fu- in fires. Um, I suppose we're putting that down to a big push on smoke alarms, um, a big push from ourselves every year when there's um, Fire Safety Week, which unfortunately this year, I suppose, we can't promote as much as we would like to. We would normally go to shops around the town. We would meet people. We would chat with people, uh, with different uh, groups, with the young, the elderly, you know, and advise best uh, what they should have in the homes to keep everyone safe, you know. And then looking at house fires, what are the most common time of the day or is it the night for a house well, fire to occur? What, what, what the study has shown over the last couple of years, Patricia, is that most of the time um, fatal fires occur be, uh, was between midnight and 2am uh, in this time period was what they were saying in the winter months. And that's when we'd be tucked up in our beds and that's yes, yes, that's where the correct. real danger arises. Exactly. And I suppose, Patricia, that's the thing. See, we all... We all go to bed at night and there's a couple of things, I suppose, that are important to do. And even my own, I have two young boys, um, five and nine, and they both were, were kind of trained, I suppose, from me and, and going uh, along to different stuff and seeing, close the doors at night, dug out all your electrical equipment, um, don't leave any candles unattended, uh, chip at fires m- mustn't be left unattended, turn off the heaters, um, no, the electric blankets, make sure you have the modern ones that uh, do the, they're all safety features in them. Uh, charging laptops, phones and stuff, make sure they're all plugged out. Don't overload the sockets um, and then make sure the stoves and all that are fitted correctly and properly by installers um, professionally to, to certify them all, you know. They're simple enough, but there's something that we need to get into the habit of checking and doing every night, isn't it? They, they are, Patricia. I suppose we, we, we've, Mallow is, is a predominantly is a big town and we unfortunately we do get a lot of... Um, domestic house fires every year in apartments and stuff like that and over the years gone by we've had fatalities in the town unfortunately you know but the big thing is that we've often gone to houses and there might be a fire inside in a room Patricia and that room is completely destroyed but having the door closed the rest of the house could actually nearly be 90% perfect but we've gone from then where all the doors are open and you might have a small fire inside in a room and by the time we get there and the whole act of smoke is the whole house is full of smoke it's coming out every single window in the house 
and the house is destroyed. But if the door was closed, it contains it, but also it gives the people time. To and get that's out. The alarm is the thing. You go to bed at night, everyone is tired. Two, three o'clock in the morning, you won't hear anything, unfortunately. The smoke will, will unfortunately, kill people before. You know, the, the fire will get you. And um, the thing is, the smoke alarm will give you early, early... Um, early activation to get out of the house and the important thing then is to make a plan that everyone discusses the plan if anything happens how we're going to get out of the house you know um, and then if unfortunately um, you have to, once everyone knows everyone will do the same thing at the same time you know when the alarm goes and then talk about smoke alarms in, in a typical say three bedroomed two story house how many smoke alarms do we need? What the guidance would be would be say install a minimum of one smoke alarm on each landing level and in the ground floor hallways. You know, um, then you have to have in the kitchen area predominantly if you have a smoke alarm there every time you're cooking it to go off. So yeah, is you'd fit a heat alarm there, which it needs an intensive fire to set it off. You know, but a minimum I would say on a two-story house would be one in the ground floor, one in the top floor. No, I have at home inside my own house upstairs where we all sleep. I've won in every room. Do you? Because I do. Wow. So just because my boys are young, um, not saying, you know, they want, but if something goes faulty, uh, it'll go off inside the room straight away and they'll get up and we're all out of the house. So I just, it's just something, I suppose I'd be more over over conscious, but I believe if everyone, they're very, if you get them blowing dairy gold and then they're reasonably cheap now compared to what they were and you mm. get them in tax and some of them you can buy, there's a 10-year battery in them so you don't need to wire them up or anything. 10-year battery life uh, on them and you just fit them up onto the ceiling and, and that's the, the the issue solved, you know. Yeah, it, and that's the other thing. one. The other one is the batteries. I mean, Correct. lots of people listening go, oh yeah, yeah, if I have a smoke alarm, but when did you last test it and when did you last check exactly. to see if the battery is working? The amount of houses we go to during the year, um, and unfortunately we do see it. This, the, the smoke alarm is hanging down, and you might be there at the chimney for whatever, and you just say, "Look, um, uh, have you got a battery?" You know, we 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 sometimes put a battery into them then because, look, I suppose we we feel that the risk is there. You know, or we we might put up a smoke alarm uh, that we'd have ourselves we carry them. You know, um, but we'd advise everyone to test them then at least once a week, and normally. Uh, give it to the kids to do you know with with, with a broom uh, a brush handle and just mm. give it a touch um, and I suppose look like me I mightn't be the best cooker <laughs> I'll do the testing myself <laughs> when the dinner has been done and stuff you know so <laughs> listen we're all guilty, we're all guilty of that don't, don't worry about <laughs> exactly. that but, but, no, I... but I suppose the big thing Trisha is yeah testing the smoke alarm having a working smoke alarm will save lives as you said at the start of it there stop fire working smoke alarms will save lives and that has been proven. And maybe if you're visiting granny or granddad you might check in their house and make sure that their smoke alarm has yes, the battery exactly, and, the, exactly. and that it is. Like, you know, I suppose I have a few questions that people just think for themselves. Um, do I have uh, sufficient smoke alarms installed and are they working properly? Mm. Your smoke alarm should be tested regularly. Use a brush handle, I said. Have we discussed an escape plan for the family? The purpose of the smoke alarm, again, as we said, is to give us early warning of the fire and it's vital that the family knows exactly what to do with the smoke alarm and in the event of a fire, get out, get the fire brigade and stay out. And the most important as well, Patricia, is the air code. We find the air code is absolutely fantastic um, we assist the ambulance in a lot of calls and we automatically get the air code from them and our own fire control to be asking for the air code as well. And if you have your air code, it's really, really important. It makes life so easy for us all, you know. 
Yeah, and I know most of us don't know our air code off by heart, but a, a tip I got a couple of years ago when they first came out, I actually have it saved in my phone under I have it under I think I have it under postcode um, it's, yes. it's, it's down as a contact in my phone best way because you always have your phone with you and the number will be there or keep it near the phone if it's a landline but it, it is Correct. absolutely important um, something like that you know but look uh, again you know it's important to have if you can but look once you have your address and you're there they, they will automatically give us that details that we will, we will find you you know and like if you have a chimney I suppose it's important that it's cleaned regularly and if it's a stove as well that they're cleaned regularly because over one quarter of the fire calls that Cork County attend are chimney fires Yeah actually somebody's just asking that question could you ask your, your guest our guest by the way is Jonathan Madden from the uh, Mallow Fire Station about chimney fires how many chimney fires uh, do they go to and how often should we have our chimneys cleaned um, Patricia, we could do anything from, um, I suppose, Mallow predominantly does between 200 to 250 calls a year. Um, between that could be anything, unfortunately, from fires to road traffic accidents to river rescues to chemical spills, medical assist, cardiac arrest, ambulance. You know, we do a lot of stuff. So probably 60, we could have 60 chimney fires in a year, you know, between 50 and 60 chimney fires, you know, because of the area we cover, you know. That's a lot of, of chimney fires. And that's purely down to somebody not having their chimney cleaned. You can, but unfortunately in the latter years we're seeing stoves um, being fitted incorrectly, you know, and that leads to, um, it can lead to fires and um, blockages of the stoves and the house is full of smoke when we get there, you know, um, different things. People, unfortunately, burning rubbish and stuff goes up through the chimney and if you yeah. have a chimney coal... The rubbish, the bags and rubbish will gather at the top and then the smoke is forced back down into the house. And we've had, you know, carbon monoxide alarms have actually saved people's lives. We've had a few of them gone off recently in the latter years and they have actually made people aware that their chimney is blocked. They've been in bed and they're suddenly wondering why the, the carbon monoxide alarm has gone off. So that's another important uh, alarm to have as well, you know, when you have any open fire or blue burning stoves or uh, gas boilers or anything like that. You yeah, know? you should have your carbon monoxide correct, uh, correct. alarm. And again, check the batteries and all of that. Correct. With yeah. more people working from home, John, Jonathan, and God knows if we go into level five, there'll be a lot more people working from home in the, in the coming weeks. Yes, we, don't, um, we don't want does, that. Does yeah. that increase the risk of house fires, do you think? It does. It does, of course, Patricia. Yeah, it does. Because when people aren't at home, I suppose, you know, um, there's less risk. But when people are at home, and, and especially when they're working from home, now you'll have laptops going, you know, um, they'll have phones plugged in because they're trying to keep them going, maybe taking phone calls and stuff. So there's an extra workload on. And I suppose the pressure is on as well on people, unfortunately, due to COVID-19 is, you know, you're trying to get kids organised collections. You're trying to maybe do the lessons, do the homework. And next minute there's something forgot about, be the stove or something is plugged in, you know. So we're just ask, asking people to be a bit more careful. And obviously by you know, proper electrical equipment like that certified and anything needs to be certified and safe to use, you know, uh, when you're using it in the house, you know, but there is more of a risk, unfortunately, you know. Okay, Marion and Bandon said, I'm listening with interest to your fire safety uh, chat. I heard that gentleman, Jonathan, uh, say that we shouldn't have our appliances plugged in at night. We all charge our phones overnight. Is Jonathan saying that's something we shouldn't do when we go to bed? I suppose, Patricia, it, it, it is something they advise. Again, my, you know, it would, my opinion would be uh, what the fire service say is not to have anything plugged in at night really is, you know, avoid doing it. So, um, 
you, the risk is at night that, that, that you know, you want, uh, if you have a working smoke alarm, but the danger is, is, is more at night because things are plugged in for a longer range of time. Whereas if you're partying around at home, if you can plug in your phone during the day, um, and unfortunately, I suppose the phones are getting a bit better now. They don't use as much, so you might get a couple of days out of charging, you know. But it, the best advice would be nothing would be plugged in, bar the fridge and stuff, obviously, has to be plugged in, you know. So get used to charging your phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or even charging packs and stuff. You know, there are different products out there, but best advice would be not to have them plugged in, you know. Would you ever put a washing machine or a dishwasher on and then head off to bed? No, I no. wouldn't. Unfortunately, Patricia, we've had a lot of them, uh, washing machines and dryers, particularly uh, combination dryers and washing machines. There has been a, a good few fires over my 20 years in the brigade um, due to this. And certainly you need to be you need to be in the area of these appliances when they're working. So you will you will smell the smoke or you will hear the, you know what's going on and you can drop the fuse, the trip switch straight away and get out of the house and let the fire service deal with it, you know. But it's all about, I suppose, being aware when these things are plugged in Everything is electrical and they say it's safe, but unfortunately we do have them fires, so to be the safest option is not to do it, you know. Okay, all right, so we all just need to get into the habit of do all of those things during the day, charge all your phones and all of that, and just get into the routine of checking that everything is unplugged before you go to bed. It's, yeah, just, it's like a before, simple enough thing. Yeah, like before you go to bed at night, really, you'll be check all the points that are switched off, close all doors, switch off any portable heaters, extinguish all candles, Use a spark guard and open fire. I would make sure the fire is out, to be honest with you, before I go to sleep. Uh, keep keep keys to the doors and windows handy. That's another important thing, Patricia. Uh, like, unfortunately, if you have a fire in the middle of the night and the house is filling with smoke and you're trying to find your keys downstairs, it's, it's going to be very, very hard, you know. So it's important maybe ha- have them a small bit away from the door but hanging up somewhere, obviously, for safety purposes, you know. Um, and have your phone nearby that you can actually put the call into the fire service, you know. Um, if needed, or personal alarms as well for the people living in the elderly or living alone would have personal alarms, you know. Okay, and of course we're coming up to, I assume, a busy time of the year for the fire service. Halloween, are you expecting to be busy this year? Um, Patricia, predominantly over the latter years, thanks be to God, I suppose, it's it died down a bit. We're Great. not actually, you know, um, this year in particular, between January and March, was extremely busy for us, uh, unfortunately, with a lot of road traffic accidents and house fires. And then the COVID came and it kind of, thanks be to God, came quite. But as soon as, I suppose, the lockdown was lifted in and things went back to normal, uh, traffic accidents increased again because people are back on the road and the normal run-to-the-mill calls um, start to increase as well, you know. But I suppose this year we're just, look, we're just trying to get out. We can't get out and meet people, which we do enjoy. And I do meet, we all love it. Any of the firefighters, there's 12 of us over there, we all love meeting people and having a chat with them and explaining about fire safety because, you know, I think when people hear it from someone, I suppose, where the professionals there, they're looking at them, they're hearing the advice. People do take heed, you know, mm. and it's important, you know, and um, I, I, I thank you for taking the time to, to go through with me there. And, oh, that's, know, that's yeah. our pleasure. That's our pleasure. And it's all about just keeping everybody safe. I mean, that's, it is, you know. It is, and I suppose, if, no, if we take nothing else from, from, from listening to me today, is a proper working smoke alarm a uh, minimum of, of, of um, two in a two-storey house and a bungalow I would consider putting two as well because they're long, you know, and that's a starting point and, you know, if that's where we can get to today it would be great, you know. Okay. And do not enter do not enter the house for any reason when the fu- if there is a fire, you know, stay out and uh, we will deal with it from there, you know. Wait for the experts to come. Listen, stay safe, uh, Jonathan, you and the rest of the gang you at the Cork County it. Fire Service and thanks for joining us, it's a real pleasure. No matter. thanks Patricia. Good morning bye to then. you, bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Madden there from Mad- 
Mallow Fire Station. He is the station officer reminding us all we need to stay safe and how working smoke alarms do save lives. And actually, when I mentioned the air code and the fact that I have put it into my phone, somebody says, Patricia, the air code isn't much good in your phone if there's a bit of an emergency going on. I've got mine sellotaped to the front cover. Oh, there is a good piece of advice. Well done. Thank you uh, for that. 1850-333-103. And on the road that we were talking about with Frank Roach, the road between Mallow and Mitchellstown, Liz says, Patricia, I travel that road a lot. I agree with Councillor Frank Roach. That road from Mitchellstown to Mallow is a disgrace. It should have been widened, but that work should have been done many, many years ago. Also, the landowners along that road need to cut the road sides, not just the side. They also need to lower the top of the hedges as well. Thanking you, that's from Liz. Hi Patricia, I drive the Mallow to Mitchellstown Road. It is a joke. Someday somebody will be killed. Uh, the council really need to do something about it. When is that slow truck protest going on uh, please. Uh, Frank says it's happening next Friday and it's due to start at half past eight. They reckon for a couple of hours and it's going to be in both directions so I would say if you do regularly travel the Mallow to Mitchellstown Road I would say between half eight and half ten and maybe give them a half an hour either side for actually getting there. So probably from eight o'clock until 11, I imagine, uh, I will be avoiding. 1850-333-103, Sadie and John Paul are taking your calls if you want to text or WhatsApp 0862 103 People want to compliment Jonathan Madden, uh, the station officer of the Mallow Fire Station, for his good, no-nonsense, sensible advice when it comes to fire safety. It's one of those things we gladly do it every year. It's just a kind of a reminder to us all. I mean, top of my priority now when I go home I'm going to check the smoke alarms and just make sure because it isn't something that I do on a weekly basis or a monthly basis I'll be the first one to say it but it's usually around this time of year when I'm doing a chat on fire safety it's says, going to come and check my fire alarm so if we do nothing else today if everybody please checks their smoke alarm and John says Patricia a smoke alarm fire extinguisher fire blankets carbon monoxide alarm which Jonathan also touched on would make ideal gifts especially for elderly people people when sometimes you don't know what to buy somebody it can be a very practical present but it can actually save a life uh, it's, a, it's a good tip uh, John thank you for that 1850 333 103 This is Court Today Court Today with Patricia Messenger on C103 Court's greatest hits C103 okay. uh, A number of people still commenting about will we move to level 5 and all of that um, and but somebody has been on saying that there are reportedly queues outside Smith's toy store on the Kinsale Road this morning and the reason for the queues it isn't that there's a new toy gone on sale or anything like that but people are fearful of level 5 and obviously if we move into level 5 and it will if we do move in it'll happen very quickly then it will only be essential shops will remain open and of course we know during lockdown all the toy shops were closed so people are fearful with Christmas around the corner so there was actually queues people panic buying toys this morning and that straight away got me thinking oh please don't say we're going to be back and people panic buying toilet rolls again please don't do that because we know there was no need to have done that but people did it at the start and there would be a fear that the same thing is going to start again but seemingly there was reports of queues 
outside the Kin- Smith's Toy Shop on the Kinsale Road. Now, a number of people have contacted us uh, and, w- and it's not, we haven't been avoiding it because we have been talking about it on the news as well. Uh, Mary says, shocking scenes are the people celebrating the win in Black Rock. This was the county final yesterday. People really taken aback by it. I'm assuming people saw the video footage of it. It was went pretty viral on social media over the weekend. Somebody says, somebody else says those playing GAA matches and their supporters should be ashamed of themselves after the scenes that were witnessed uh, yesterday. Also the pubs who entertained them too late now GAA asking them to a tear. Well I don't know about pubs who entertained them because any of the video footage I saw was from outside. I don't know do they go on and go into uh, pubs afterwards. But you're right, Cork uh, GAA, actually we've been running their statement all morning uh, saying that their priority during the pandemic is to keep the GAA community uh, safe and they say anything that threatens the safety and the very continuation of the game during COVID needs to be avoided at all costs and the Cork GAA say to that end we would plead with all clubs and supporters not to engage in celebrations that breach current guidelines. He said they say there will be county finals again next year and we want to make sure COVID-19 does not rob uh, some of us the chance to enjoy them. And we know if we do move to level five, all of the matches will have uh, stopped. But what people are talking about was the scenes that were recorded yesterday by the supporters of Blackrock Hurling Club as they celebrated their county final win yesterday. Now, the game was played under strict social distancing rules with the GAA and the officials from both clubs, Black Rock, Hurling Club and Glen Rovers, taking strong measures to ensure the social distancing and other COVID-19 safety protocols were in place. So everything was fine while the match was on. But after what was described as one of the most dramatic county finals seen in history, it went into extra time. There, there was a win then for Blackrock Hurling Club. It ended in 18-year famine for one of Cork's traditional hurling powerhouses. The excitement of the moment led some supporters to forget about the rules on social distancing and the scenes that I saw and the ones that went viral was the team walking back into the village along Church Road. Videos and photographs posted to social media show the cup being brought back into the village in Black Rock surrounded by celebrating fans. Little or no social distancing going on. Now the footage obviously prompted an immediate flurry of concern and condemnation on social media with many pointing to the to the threat of level 5 restrictions hanging over us here in Cork and the rest of the country uh, this morning and even RTE's Marty Morrissey he was asked about the scenes in Cork yesterday he was on radio earlier this morning and he said the scenes, he obviously saw them as well. He said they were damaging. Now, he did say a club winning a championship is a big event. And he said, I empathise with them, especially as it's been quite a while since they won the championship. But says Marty Morrissey, homecomings like we saw on social media in Black Rock and Cork, this kind of thing week after week now are exactly one of the reasons why we are where we are. And he said, we can't make it all about students in Galway or in Cork on this issue and ignore the same thing at club homecomings. And uh, he's um, saying that the GAA have been very vigilant in their efforts to make sure that everything is placed. But he said the homecomings happen. And as he said, we've been seeing it on social media. It is an issue. But in the defence of the Black Rock fans, they have defended their club by pointing out that the events happened on a public road 
beyond the effective control of the club who were taking strong measures to protect their players, the members and the fans since sporting activity have allowed to restart. So the you know BlackRock club saying, look, we are doing everything that we could, but like when the fans take over and it's outside of their remit, basically, and outside of their control, there's not a lot they feel that they can do. But the GAA very strongly saying, you know, pleading to all clubs and supporters not to engage in any kind of celebrations that would breach current guidelines. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you get around it. I think Marty is right. When a club has a win and, you know, particularly if they've been 18 years waiting for the win, the excitement takes over from it all and people just forget, you know, it's kind of a moment in time and people forget that we're living in a pandemic and I suppose that's the problem and that's where we're finding ourselves. That's the the problem we're finding ourselves in. We have to always remember and it has to always be at the forefront of our mind. You know that piece of advice that a number of experts have given out before we all need to act like we have COVID-19 that we are contagious and therefore we're at risk of passing it on to anybody that we meet and likewise everyone that we meet we have to almost in our mindset put in that every single person you meet act towards them as if they have COVID-19 because I mean if you if you thought about that I mean if you were to go to a house party for example or if you were like that attending a match would you be celebrating and would you be socialising if you knew that everybody around you had COVID-19 and you didn't you wouldn't you'd be doing everything in your power to keep away from those people you might socialise with them but from a distance but you'd be doing everything to keep well aware to make well away to make sure that you don't pick up COVID-19 so I suppose we have to try and get that back into our head and try to always act as if either we have it or everyone we come in contact potentially could uh, have it. Anyway, as I say, it wasn't ignoring what went out on social media last night. We just didn't get a chance to get around to it. Hi, Patricia. Re-COVID-19 restrictions that are not being complied with. Here's a suggestion. Why not send the Gardaí out on the beach and when groups are observed, partying, etc., are gathering in large groups like they shouldn't be doing, let the Gardaí call the fire brigade and hose the whole lot down. They wouldn't be long obeying then, wouldn't they? Some people simply won't comply otherwise. Don't know if we could ever see the fire service coming out and power hosing at people but I'm sure there are a number of people would say to that texter you're absolutely right that would be one way to stop people congregating in large groups. John says Patricia I think the off licences should all back to this again should all close immediately I think that many young people would actually be glad of it. Many young people socialise in groups. If one person in the group decides hey we'll have a party they can put pressure on the others to follow suit to be part of the group many of them feel they have to follow the leader it's all down to peer pressure it was there in previous generations and it's there for this generation as well and then somebody heard us talk about why can't we be more like New Zealand hi Patricia the difference between New Zealand and our good selves here is that in our island of Ireland we incorporate two different jurisdictions unless we can convince the Northern Ireland authorities to officially close connections with Great Britain then we would only be asking for serious political consequences if we stopped, for example, cross-border traffic. That's the big difference between New Zealand and us. Madge said, if we left this virus rampage like we are doing, we won't have any economy left when people are saying, you know, we can't go into level five because of the economy. If COVID runs riot, then what kind of an economy will we have? Madge is pondering today. Martin in Formoy says, my wife works in a shop in Formoy. And she says the amount of drink, alcohol that has been purchased is absolutely frightening. And you can bet it's for house parties. And a lot of those parties are going on in Formoy. 
Martin says, I also believe that people who don't stick to the guidelines must be fined. Close off the off licences, close down the wet pubs. Also, Patricia, I think the GAA should be closed off. The amount of young people who are gathering together, be it for training, before our matches and then before and after, and none of them wearing masks. Someone else says, who will pay the wages and the bills if we go into level five? Will the government be paying everybody again? Yeah, I mean, COVID payments will kick back in. They won't kick back in at €350, though. We know they've been lowered. The top rate is down at uh, 300 So, yes, the government will be borrowing uh, yet uh, again. Hi, Patricia. I listen to your programme regularly and no offence, but I'm wondering how many people that should be listening are actually tuned in, i.e. the younger generation. I'm in my 70s. Didn't do much of school, but there was three things that I I always remember we were taught at school. We were taught manners, we were taught respect and we were also taught how to sit up straight. Two things that are very much in the past now. Timmy, who you had earlier on giving out about the young people and saying there is a lack of respect is so spot on. Thank you for that. And some of your WhatsApps in. We don't need, this is a different Tim saying, we don't need level five restrictions. The country can't take another lockdown. It is simple. Stupid people just simply need to cop on. Jim says, I think we can't go into full lockdown again. And does it mean it would only be essential frontline workers that can work? What about construction workers, says Jim? Well, construction, when everybody closed the last time, construction closed. I'm assuming, Jim, the construction would close again. Hi, Patricia. I'm shocked the other day to see four elderly shoppers in a locally, local family-run supermarket flouting the wearing of masks. They were chatting and laughing, having a great old time socialising with each other. None of them, by the way, was social distancing and the staff seemed to completely ignore the situation. If people don't start to conform, then we will continue to be going back in and out of lockdown. If everybody wore masks in public, and I would include also outdoor settings, I think the number would be drastically reduced. Hi, Patricia. Hope you were well. I think lock the country down. But for the love of God, keep the bottle shops open, says Olivia. She does not want the off licences to close. And this is one on when we were talking about the condition of the road between Mallow and Mitchellstown and how there's going to be that slow truck protest on Friday morning. A listener says, I broke my mirror in an overhanging branch between Canturk and Liss Griffin last year contacted the council about it. It took 10 days and several phone calls for the council to get on to me to get the branch removed. I asked the council to give me the details of the landowner to get him or her to contact me, but nothing was done about it. That same branch was after damaging several other vehicles. My car was not the first. I rang the guardian in Kenturk about it and they said, sorry, nothing to do with us, not our problem. So the farmer doesn't care, the council doesn't care, and now the guardian say they don't care. We are a country of laws and nobody seems to be implementing any of them. 1850 You can see some questions coming in for Annalise. Keep those coming, please, because she'll join us after half past 12 today. And John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Clodagh National School Parents Association are currently running fundraising clothes collection every Monday evening between 8pm and 9 in the Parish Hall collections every Monday night uh, up to and including the 2nd of November. Castle Ma- Castle Magner Development Association holding a closed collection also. It's happening next Friday. It's to help fund traffic calming equipment for the village. 
You can contact Nuna Flalvi for a drop-off information on 086 825 And Knock Community Development Group representing Drive in Bingo on Sunday next at 1pm with a jackpot of €500 Euro, plus spot prizes as well as a great family day out. Please arrive from 12pm onwards. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 And just on the GAA matches, John says, I uh, hope all is well. I see lots of the teams getting into a huddle and into a circle for a team talk before the game. Men and women, no social distancing going on there. Does that need to be looked at? And Liam wonders, has the GAA finally woken up? What happened yesterday is the reason why matches have been cancelled and Jura says I attended a match at the weekend whereby they said you would only be allowed entry with the ticket as the ticket would, would they take details and phone numbers for contact tracing uh, etc. However when we got to the ground nobody asked for tickets and over about 30 other people uh, were never asked either what happens to the situation like that when it comes to contact tracing. I would suggest getting on to the club that you were at Jura and put those very questions uh, to them. Lou is in Bandon and she joins me this afternoon. Good afternoon to you Lou. Good afternoon, Patricia. You, How are you? I'm very well, thank you. You were listening to Noreen from Lachine's uh, earlier on, fearful about level five from a mental health point of view. But she was also talking about her shop, her charity shop, and how they're doing everything possible to keep people safe. And you are the same. You're in retail in Bandon. That's right. I'm working in Elizabeth's fashion in Bandon. Okay. And, um, do you know, I think everybody is in shock after the announcement last night that we could suddenly be moving to level five. Um, like I myself, I was expecting level three, say, on Friday evening or Thursday evening. And the impression we were given was that, you know, we can control this, everything is okay, um, and we won't... No, not everything is okay, but that, you know, we're not moving on to level three, and everyone is just in shock this morning. I think, you know, there's... There's lots of different angles you can kind of come from it on. Um, as regards retail, I think people are struggling big time. Um, and not just retail. I think anybody in a business which is dealing with the public, uh, you know, it's a big struggle at the moment. Uh, we were closed down for three months, just back up and running. And everybody, I think the majority of shops have safety measures in place. Mm-hmm. and are adhering to all the guidelines. But to put people into level five again, um, do you know, a lot of shops and businesses aren't going to be able to recover from this. Because level five would mean... Level five means that all you're retail gone. shops You're closed, gone. you're closed. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. yeah um, a I fashion shop. Yeah, level four actually means that they're closed. At level three, you would be allowed to remain open, but anything, yeah, level four or five, you you would be closed. And how is business going? I mean, is business picking up? Are you getting back to where you were before COVID or is it still very different? It's very different. And like a lot of customers are only getting their confidence back now, especially, say, more mature customers who have been, you know, they were... My opinion is that they have been punished, to be quite honest. Yes, we have to look after our elderly um, and our at-risk people. Um, But an awful lot of those people have lost their confidence through being locked down. They're now afraid to come out. And, like, they they all did what they were asked to do. 
and um, you know they stayed indoors. They didn't socialise. They didn't come out to the shops. Um, they're only just beginning to gain that confidence and come out again. A lot of them won't come out. And but, suddenly, um, level five, and they'd all be back going. We're not going. They'd well, all be back. They'd all be back in again. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like I, I would certainly be very worried about being locked back in again. Um, like mm. on a lighter note, I'm no spring chicken, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also not an you know an old woman or an old yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, but I do. I do. Like I do. The indeed. whole idea of kind of being closed off from my friends and family and only being able to contact them through the phone or through social media, and like you hear a lot of people blaming the younger people. But what we need to do, I think, in my humble opinion, reach out to these young people. I mean, reach out to everybody, dictating you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do that. Explain, and it's, you know, it's very obvious that it's not being explained properly to them. They seem to think because they're young that this isn't going to hurt them. But it will hurt them and it will hurt their families. And, and, it, I mean, and it will hurt the economy in which they're going to have to go out and to work in as well. I mean, we're exactly. you know, this thing about we're all in it together. We are all in it together because it affects every different age group differently. But there is no age group is going to avoid without being affected by it. No. And like, I just can't understand. They say level five, but they're still willing to put the children that are going to creches the children that are going to primary school are young adults that are going to secondary school and to college and the teachers and down along the line, their extended families and so on because they're going home at the end of a school day. How can they possibly tell us it's safe to put all these people into classrooms and colleges and the whole lot when they're telling the rest of us that we should be doing the complete And yet you, you can't go to work in Elizabeth Fashions uh, if, level, yeah. if Level 5 comes in. And Lou, people coming in and out of the shop, are, is everybody abiding by the rules? Are people happy Every, to? Yeah. Everybody is abiding. They're all coming in, they're sanitising, they've got their masks on. Um, you know, you'll get the odd person who kind of walks in the door and they think, oh, jeepers, my mask. <laughs> and they come back. And I've done it myself. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Or I'll walk in past the hand sanitising station. None of us are perfect. And I think, oh, sweet Jesus, I haven't yeah. sanitised my hands. And, you know, you go back and you do it. They're all adhering to the rules. They all want to try and, as we've been told, live with COVID. But, you know, push put measures in place to help us live with COVID. Explain more to us what we can, you know, for people who maybe don't understand, what we can do to live with COVID. Don't shut us down and don't lock us back into our homes because that's not living with it. That's, you know, that's imprisoning people in their homes. That's not even in some cases uh, surviving. I mean, we, we talk about we talk about social distancing, but we can't have social exclusion. We can't make no. people feel socially isolated either. You're making a lot of sense, yeah. uh, Lou. Listen, yeah. um, please, God, we won't be in level yeah. five and the, and the sense will prevail. Because I'm assuming you, is your winter stock in now? Is your oh, our winter, winter stock, stock is in? in yeah. 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 Like, 
summer season, say, was a pure disaster, especially for people in um, any fashion shops or anything like that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not putting work, I'm not putting fashion before people's health. Like, far from it. But, like, all the winter stock is now in. Close us down now for, someone said to me this morning, it would be for a period of four weeks. Yeah. When, when we were originally shut down or everyone was shut down, we were told it was for a period of three weeks. Mm. We ended up being shut down for three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think people worry about that as well when they said the four weeks. People said, yeah, we were told that at the start and, and look how long it remained closed. All right, yeah. listen, Lou, uh, appreciate your call. Thank you for that. Stay Thank safe and uh, look after yourself. And if you're looking for good fashions, Elizabeth Fashions is ba- in Bandon is the place to go. Let me go to Bear Island. We haven't spoken with Eileen out in Bear Island in quite some time. Good afternoon to you, Eileen. Hi, Patricia. How are you? Well, I'm doing very well. And how are you doing more is the point? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> you were our wonderful cocooner at the start who had well, all yeah, tips on I've, how to survive cocooning. <laughs> oh, and, and so have a lot of other people. Your reaction yeah. when you heard yesterday that we could be moving to level five, please? Well, I wasn't surprised, to be honest with you, when it came out. I wasn't surprised because with all that's been going on the past few weeks, I wasn't surprised. But I suppose maybe level five, I was a bit surprised because I just don't see the point of it, Patricia, to be honest with you. I don't see the sense in it because you know when we were when we weren't in lockdown as they called it that time mm. and then when slowly the country started you know they started to lift some of the restrictions I think the country went totally bonkers I think they all went mad you know went crazy and everyone thought oh this is over this is a the pandemic is gone you know and I think you know instead of maybe the government locking us down again we have to I think personally I think we have to learn to live with this. I don't think we're ever going to go back to what we had. I think we have to move forward uh, for the sake of our children coming up along because I'm sure children are scared too, you know, and Mm. young children in primary schools are scared about what the future holds for them. So I think instead of going back and saying, oh, we want to go back to normal life, I think we have to embrace a new life and move on into that and the government to try to find ways to work around that rather than locking us down because, okay, lock us down for a month. What's that going to to achieve? Yeah, people are tired from it all. And and I think, yeah, just, just you know, if we can embrace, I mean, Lord God, I'm 73 and I can embrace it, so I'm sure other people can, you know, embrace what our life is going to be like because we don't know how long this virus is going to rage on for. We don't know if we're ever going to feel safe again, but that's a negative. I think out of every negative, there has to be a positive, and you have to take a positive from every negative. And I think if the government look at this and say, look, life is different, so pack your suitcase and move into your new life. And just, you know, just, and just get used to it. Yeah, because I think this flip, way of life. flip-flopping in and out of we're we'll locked down for a month and then we'll come back no, again and then we'll lock down again. We can't, we, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we no. can't exist. That. I mean, even listening to Lou, you know, a, a small little boutique like that, businesses yeah. won't keep going. You can't expect no. businesses to get in stock that they then can't sell because you've closed them down again and then expect them to start up again. It's yeah. just, it's, it's not possible. But like she was saying, people are coming into a shop and and that you see if we could just embrace that it's like the pubs opening the pubs have all I see the pubs here in Berlin they all have their purse pick up they have all the stuff in place I mean you can't expect these people to close their premises again mm. you know you have to get people to get used to this is what life is now this is it 
don't mind going saying, oh, I wish we were better. Yeah, we all wish we had this, that and the other thing. Forget that. This is what life is like. This, this is our, is this is our is new normal. Go through the gate and go into it. Listen to listen to this text. Hi, Patricia. My mum is eighty five. Prior to COVID, she was so independent and so active. She went out to her bingo four nights a week. Did all her own grocery shopping and all her own cooking. She loved going out and meeting people for the chat. But now the difference in my mother is unbelievable. She's still very active and very healthy, thank God. But she's afraid to meet people. Yesterday was her first venture into Dunn Stores for a walk around, and I could actually see fear in her face for the first time in my life. I saw her avoid people she knew in case they might come over to have a chat with her. It's so sad to see the change and all this has been done to my 85 year old ma'am. That's sad isn't it? That's really sad. sad. Yeah, but sure. Yeah. I mean, we all have our world. My world has shrunk to me, yeah. one person. You know, my family are away and I, I'd love to see them more often but I have to embrace the fact that I'm not going to. And, yeah. and I think you see if everyone could only just you know, I mean, there are like what these people that are going out party. And please don't get me wrong; I am not picking on young people because I there are so many young people that are wonderful and that are embracing life the way it is now. And there are the few that aren't. Yeah. But I think for our future generation, I'm talking young kids now in primary school, in the primary school here in Bear Island. They're the future of our island. They're the ones that are growing up, and we have to kind of embrace a world, you know, a future for them. And it's up to the government now to come out with not locking us down because I don't think that's going to work and I can't see how it's going to work. And I think we all have to take positives from the negatives and learn. Yes, we're all frightened. I'm frightened myself sometimes, but I'm trying to embrace this way of life. Good advice as always from our Eileen on Bear Island. Stay safe and we'll speak again, Eileen, okay? God bless. Take care, Eileen out on Bear Island. William and Mallow wants to know who's running the country. Is it Neffet? Is the government? Maybe go to level three. But it certainly says William and Mallow do not agree with going to level five. William is also of the view. Close off the off licences, even if you limited or restricted drink for one month, for the four weeks they're talking about lockdown, and just see the effect it would have give it a trial run 1850 we're going to take a break and we're back with Annalise Drisella nutritional therapist answering all your questions Court today on C103 call Patricia with your comment 1850 now let's go to the Health Hub of Times Square in Ballancolic where I'm joined by Annalise Drisell. good afternoon to Annalise Mm. Oh, sorry, I haven't got the button pressed. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon. You're, you're, you're very welcome. I was reading an article this morning about vitamin D and how important vitamin D is. And they're even saying that it might help with uh, coronavirus. I'm not saying that it'll stop you getting it, but that if you did get it, it might actually help to lessen the symptoms. You're, you're a fan of, of vitamin D at this time of year. Well, I always think vitamin D, I always normally say clock change to clock change. So that would be normally the end of October until at least, you know, March, April, Easter time. Um, Because it is a hugely important one for the immune system and definitely people who take it have far less uh, coughs, colds, sniffles, or they're not as severe. Um, I always take it myself. But this year, since COVID, I've been saying take it all of the time. And actually, there was a study now that was published at the end of August um, that showed that People with COVID who were um, admitted into the hospitals when they were given very high doses of vitamin D, that the majority of them 
Um, there was no fatalities and the majority of them did not need to go into ICU. So even at that stage, it seemed to be able to minimise symptoms. Um, certainly, you know, it didn't obviously get rid of them fully, but like it just minimised so it didn't become as severe. So I think it probably plays a couple of roles in terms of the immune system, but also as probably, you know, one of the big things with COVID is that it's what they call the cytokine storm. So it's almost like the immune system has an anaphylactic reaction. Now, it's not the same as an allergy anaphylactic, but it's that extreme. So that sort of extreme reaction is the one that's very hard to manage and that's very dangerous with COVID. And I would expect that vitamin D would have a role in managing that as well. Um, steroids, that's why steroids are so effective in the early stages of COVID because they can prevent that cut, that, that, um, that cytokine storm. So absolutely everybody on a vitamin D now at this stage, if you're not on it already, get going and get all the kids on it as okay, well. Okay, and stay on it then throughout the, the winter months. Okay, hi Patricia, question please for Annalise. I got my bloods done and my cholesterol went from 5.5 to 5.9. My doctor has advised me to reduce my saturated fats. What does she mean by that, please? So saturated fats are the fats that come from animal sources. So you're looking at things like meat, cheese, eggs, um, butter, cream, um, I suppose yogurts at some level as well would have saturated fats. And then the idea is that you replace them with the polyunsaturated fats. And they're all the fats that come from vegetable sources. So you're looking at things like um, nuts and seeds, whole grains, avocados. They're all excellent for the polyunsaturated fats. Um, Now, it used to be before that eggs were recommended to be cut down because of the cholesterol in the yellow part of the egg. But actually, it's the saturated fat part that is more um, responsible for raising cholesterol than the actual cholesterol. In fact, cholesterol in an egg may fool your body into thinking there's enough cholesterol and may stop your liver from making it. So um, I think the other thing to just mention there, Patricia, as well, is that it's definitely worth looking at the breakdown of your cholesterol because the... The good cholesterol, if that's high, it can mean that you're very healthy. So when we talk about cholesterol, it's actually the proteins we're talking about, LDL and HDL. So LDL is the one that gathers cholesterol from the liver and shuttles it all around the body because it is important for making our hormones um, and for various different things within the body. And then you've got HDL, which is the the good one. I always think healthy DL, HDL. That goes around the body and gathers up old cholesterol and brings it back to the liver for excretion. So if your HDL is very high, your ability to kind of clear the body of cholesterol is very, very good. So when you're looking at your cholesterol results, make sure you look at the breakdown. Because even if your cholesterol is over 5, once your LDL, the bad cholesterol, is under 3, if your HDL is high, it actually means you're very healthy. Okay, interesting that you mentioned eggs because Lisa says I'm vegetarian and I eat at least two eggs a day. I'm now wondering, is that good or is that a good or a bad thing to have two eggs a day? Absolutely fine, Patricia, because she will be eating that in lieu of eating other meat sources. So eggs are a wonderful little jewel of a food because there's such a high quality protein in there. You get all of your amino acids and in a good quality egg in the yolk, you're getting lots of your fat-soluble vitamins now. Unfortunately, we, I don't think we get vitamin D from our eggs anymore because all the chickens are indoors. Mm. Um, but you could get all your other fat-soluble vitamins. And there's also lots of lovely um, things like phosphatidylcholine, which is wonderful for brain function and for nervous system function. So I think that they're an amazing food. And as part of a healthy diet, I think that they're, um, 
they're extremely nutritious and very, very good. They're a great one if you're ever feeling sick. Scrambled egg on toast is generally very easy to digest and so, so nutritious. The big issue with too many eggs, Patricia, is where people are taking a lot of the whites to try and increase the proteins for muscle building. And that can place the kidneys under a lot of strain. So it is, um, you know, because the kidneys need to break down protein if it's not utilised in the body. And it can cause a little bit of distress to kidneys. So two is plenty as part of a healthy diet, certainly if you're not eating meat. But when when people are eating between eight and ten eggs a day, that's the red flag there. Wow, okay. Uh, Mary says, morning Patricia, could you ask Annalise how best to use turmeric as an anti-inflammatory for rheumatoid arthritis? I'm taking metrotrexate weekly, which makes me very nauseous, and I'd prefer to try a more natural remedy. Okay, so methotrexate is the drug that people take for, um, um, it's actually a, a drug that was used for cancer, Patricia, but it's very successful in, in preventing flare-ups with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, but it, it does make people very sick, and they when they take it during the week, they just take it on the one day. Um Turmeric, unfortunately, is not going to be as powerful as the methotrexate, even though it is natural. If you wanted to be taking it as an anti-inflammatory, you need an awful lot of it. So what I recommend in that case is that people take the extract. It's called curcumin, and that's the active extract of turmeric powder. Turmeric powder is the one that we often use in our cooking. It's always it's the yellow one that you'll see in curries. And I would recommend people add it to soups and stews and anything that they can, really. But um, the, the curcumin extract is probably about eight to ten times stronger than taking the powder. So there's lots of different brands that you'll find in your local health shop. You need something that is mixed with either the extract of black pepper to aid absorption or something that has been either coated in fat or optimized in some way for absorption because it's very hard to absorb, Patricia, and it can actually cause a bit of upset in the tummy. So a couple of the brands that I like, I mean, the Salgar have a superb brand, um, the Pucca Turmeric Active is a lovely one because it's mixed with other natural anti-inflammatories like Boswellia. I have one here in the shop that I get from Poland by a company called Nutrend, N-U-T-R-E-N-D, and it's an excellent quality one, but for a very good, uh, reasonable price. Um, Viridian do a whole range of curcumin extract as well. So go into your health shop and they'll certainly be able to choose the best one for you. Okay. Hi, Annelise. Would you have any suggestions from Bridget, a cure for sleepwalking? That's a difficult one, Patricia. Um, yeah, um, no is the short answer, but there is um, one of the questions sometimes asked naturopathically is, do you have insufficient dream recall? So if you've got very, very powerful um, dreams, it's possible that, and if you remember all of your dreams, it's possible that you're not going into the full sleep. Uh, I don't know if that's the case here. Um so possibly a B-complex might help um, if you feel that you don't have sufficient dream recall. If you have really vivid dreams, then you're possibly not going into the deep sleep. So taking something like valerian or L-theanine can work at night um, to just give you a very calm and gentle sleep. It's great for kids. L-theanine is brilliant for kids as well, Patricia, that have got um, the night terrors and the night horrors. Um, it's very good to give that to them, going to sleep with some magnesium um, for relaxing. So that possibly could help. But generally, I think people tend to sleepwalk when they're upset about something. Mm. Um, so if that's the case, again, the L-theanine and the valerian are great. Our cannabis oil is wonderful for the anxious um, mind. And actually, at the moment, Patricia, I'd say I'm selling more than I ever did because people are so anxious um, around COVID. Yeah. A lot of very low mood. So I'm getting excellent feedback 
which is great. You know, I'm getting feedback from a wide variety of different people. And the one that I feel works the best for people who suffer from anxiety is the Cannabis Gold, and it's the 1,000 milligram one. So it's the middle strength. It's not the, the lower strength, cheap one, and it's not the high strength, expensive one. It's the middle one. So try and get your hands on that. It's C-A-N-N-A-B-I-G-O-L-D, Cannabis Gold, and it's the 1,000 milligram one. Okay, hi. What would you advise as a supplement to take as a teacher? I've got a heavy head cold and a dry cough already. There's plenty of bugs around in the school. Absolutely. I have a lot of teachers who take the source of life gold throughout the winter season, Patricia, and swear by it. That's a a tonic, a liquid tonic that is full of nutrients plus the extract of mushroom which are brilliant. The beta-glucans are wonderful for the immune system. And there's a lot of herbs in there to give you a bit of energy as well. So that could be something just to keep you going as a teacher because it is very stressful and very hard for teachers at the moment. I think always the um, Dr. Delish Clare mucotone is a wonderful one for the heavy head cold because it can help get rid of sort of stuck mucus and dry up the production of mucus so you feel a lot clearer. And in that as well, the mucotone, there's also echinacea to boost the immune system. Definitely a vitamin D, Patricia. And um, I actually was reading some research this morning on olive leaf extract. I'm always a big fan of it. But when I read the research this morning, I thought, oh, God, I'm going to start taking that every day again. So that's a wonderful natural antibacterial, antiviral. I always get a great boost of energy when I'm on it as well. Uh, a company, Comvita, do it in liquid form and you'll get that in any health shop. And that's a wonderful one if you're prone to sniffles throughout the winter months. When you're talking about vitamin D, Kevin says, could you ask Annalise, what is the best way to get your vitamin D for both adults and children? So this is the million dollar question, I suppose, Patricia, because it's impossible to know what your own requirement is. Now, the doctors can do a vitamin D test to assess your levels. And it's nearly always best to get that done in the winter months when it's dropped after the summer because we do get vitamin D from the sun and store it. Um, but by the middle of the winter, it'll be down. So it'll give you a good idea. However, the doctors are reluctant to do it because, to be fair, it is actually quite an expensive test. So people tend to want to take the high-dose vitamin D. But because we store it, I'm always very, I suppose, reluctant to recommend a high-dose, Patricia, because I just don't think it's good to take a very high dose of something unless you need it. So in that sense, I'm recommending at the moment that people take a 1,000 IUs. Um, that's for adults. And then for children, young children would be 400 IUs. And then it's really all down to what is the best approach for yourself. Some people love the vitamin D sprays. Better you do a very good spray um, and for kids and for adults. And you can just spray that onto the inside of your cheek. Um, so that works very well. Um, or you can just take tablet form. Make sure it says vitamin D3. That's what you're looking for uh, because the D2 is the non-active form. Okay. All right. We'll leave it there, Annalise. Listen, have a great week and we'll talk again next Monday. Thanks very much. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic, as always, a mine of information. Let me look at quickly some of your texts come in before before we wrap it up for today. Um... Hi Patricia, would you give a mention to all of the healthcare workers working in the Lee 
COVID centre on the North Link Business Park. I've been tested there twice this week. They're out in all weather conditions and are working tirelessly seven days a week. They are friendly and they go out of their way to accommodate uh, families. Well done. That's everyone at the Lee COVID centre on the North Link Business Park. And when we were talking about young people and people were blaming, pointing the finger, blame at young people and somebody was saying there's no young people listening to the programme. Well, would you believe a young person contacted us to say, hi Patricia, just heard somebody saying that young people don't listen to the radio. Well, I'm in my teens and I'm listening this morning. I think the amount of people blaming the young people are out of order. Obviously, there are some youths not abiding by the rules. However, I know myself and the majority of my friends do follow the rules and regulations. The college parties and cases, of course, are bad. But when I'm out and about, which is not very often, by the way, I notice it's the older people who are not wearing their masks correctly and some are not wearing them at all. I've also noticed older people not following the limits of how many people are allowed in a shop and they're not socially distancing when they're inside in the stores. It's also older people involved in the anti-mask protests. It's a collective effort to get rid of COVID and I think all age groups should take responsibility because no one group is the sole cause of the uh, spike and that's from a teenager listening to us today. Thank you for that. And somebody else is pointing at parents collecting their children from school. All of the parents hopping in and out of cars talking with no masks on. OK, that's really for today. Thanks to Sadie and John Paul. Talk to you tomorrow at 10. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code MOM.